today on The Breakdown. What do you do when you're playing in a big cash game and you got a certified maniac just putting in huge bets, firing chips at you left and right like it's World War II? Well, I don't know. I don't really know what that means, by the way, the World War II thing. But we're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown about a really cool uh, Live at the Bike cash game hand. Here we go. Let's do this. By the way, are we keeping that? <laughs> yeah. By the way, with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah. Oh, um, we're, we're keeping that. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to question the World War II thing because you questioned it yourself. Yeah. I don't really know where that came from. I, that was my, super weird. My Firing question, chips. My question about this opening is who is the agency that certifies maniacs? Mm. I mean, it doesn't have to be an agency, does it? Can't. I mean, why does it have to be an agency? You have to receive a certificate. So, yeah. Okay, can, so I not, can I not hand you a certificate? Do, do I am I an agency? Who what gives you the right <laughs> to certify something? I think you're a certified Looney Tunes. Oh a Looney Looney Tick. Looney Tick. Yeah. All right. The Looney Tick. It's a uh, it's a crazy tick, man. If you want to become a certified maniac, go ahead and email us. Yeah. We and are, Jonathan uh, will certify you. I'm not afraid of it. As a maniac. I'm gonna do it. There's a new uh, Netflix show coming out soon. Called Maniac, starring Emma Stone and uh, no longer fat Jonah Hill. And I got to tell you, I feel like he did better as a fat guy. <laughs> is that wrong? Is that, can I say that? Am I allowed to say that anymore? I don't know. I feel like you, you, you like to walk on the line. <laughs> yeah, um, by the way, okay. By the way, I think one of Jonah Hill's best movies, funniest movies, comes as a skinny guy. Yeah. 21 Jump Street. That is a great movie. Yeah. That's very funny. Although he is very funny in many movies, yeah, no, he's, fat, fat or thin. Fat he's or actually thin. just a good actor. Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. He's incredible in that. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he also in uh, the Arms Dealer one? That's so good. Oh yes, um, War Dogs. War Dogs. Yeah, that's like no one knows about that movie. Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. Underrated movie. Really, really good. good. Kind of Wolf of Wall Street vibes. Actually, if yeah. you like Wolf of Wall Street, you like that. Anyway, this is about poker. Oh. Um, so yeah, this is a live with the bike hand. This is a an interesting hand, mm. and I think there's a lot of really bad decisions made in the hand. So that's cool. <laughs> I, I always like it when that happens. All right, well um, we'll see. Yeah, I think one player doesn't make any bad decisions. They might be erratic decisions, but I don't think they're bad. I know. I mean, not to spoil anything, but you're clearly talking about the gentleman on the button named Abe. Nope. <laughs> Nope, the gentleman on the button named Abe is wow. He's just a wow, a wow guy. Boy, wait till you hear Grant talk about this guy. I mean, what are you going to say? Good things? I mean, it's just going to be funny. That's all I'm saying. I'm um, just giving everyone a little little preview. So this hand was suggested by Luis Torres uh, or Luis. I don't know. L-U-I-S. Probably Luis, right? Luis. Yeah. And I-B-Y-C-F-O-T-A. Why can't you just... Oh, but you didn't say L-U-I-S. You said his name. Please say this person's name. Ibikfata. Thank you. Yeah. Is, was that so hard? It was all in caps. I thought maybe, I don't know what it means. Oh, yeah, because you can't capitalize names anymore, apparently. Not all of it. Wow. Who does that? I'm, I'm giving him a knowing look right now, if you can't hear it. Yeah, but what do you actually know? Uh, it's a knowing look. It's not a no. It's just a knowing look. It's it, implies, a look that, it implies knowledge. Yeah, but it doesn't, it only implies it. You can imply something without it being there. That's the whole point of implying. Can, sort of like a lie. All right. Before we get into this hand, I want to talk about something. Okay. Uh, that I that happens in this hand. It, well, I want to talk about something that is implied by what happens in this hand. This is a cash game. Yeah. But you have a limited amount of time. Yes. Is live at the bike always like that? I or? do not know. I think this is either a new thing or something they're just trying out for a particular few shows. But I've never seen it before. This just happened to this hand from when we're taping anyway, it's like a few days ago. really like interesting because because time chips are used as they are in time tournaments. It's great. So is that a new thing that's going to happen a lot in high-stakes cash where when it's a timed game rather than a raked game, you, the, the players oh. would prefer that like people don't tank super long I mean, and stuff? I think in high-stakes cash, it's not so much about time versus rake as much as it's just... You don't want people to be tanking. People who tank a lot and for a long time get on other players' nerves and they just can't take it anymore. And they feel like they're wasting their time. And they, so they want a way to avoid that. And this is a way to sort of handle that a little bit, is yeah. my guess. Because like, if you're playing a big, a high-stakes cash game, the time pot versus the rake 
it's sort of it's it's not a big p- part of the pot. It's not a lot of money. Yeah. So you're not really worried about oh, it's ten more dollars that you're costing me ten dollars this hour. You know, if you're playing with you know ten twenty thousand dollars in front of you, forty thousand dollars in front of you, something like that. You just don't care. Yeah. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. I do like the idea of trying to remove some tanking, mm. even from cash games, because. In tournaments, there's really a good reason. It's that there is a certain amount of time before the blinds go up, and you know th- that time is valuable to to players. Yes. In a cash game, there's no actual time you have to be anywhere, do anything. You're just playing a cash game, but it I mean, makes poker more fun if if hands go faster. I mean, in a time game, it does matter a little bit, right? It does. If, if you're playing lower stakes, like. Um, I used to play 2040 on the regular, and at Bellagio, anyway, that was a time game. At least, maybe it was 3060 that was a time game. Anyway, 3060 definitely was a time game. I don't remember what 2040 was anymore. But it, there are certain players who might take a really long time in every decision. I would start to get a little huffy sure. about it because I felt they were just costing the entire table money for no reason. It's like that meaningless, that, that minute you took for no reason at all when you were, after you got shown down the winner and you took a minute to fold for no reason yeah. that cost the table like collectively like a dollar like right. or a dollar 50 like why would you do that like we could all be doing something else with our lives you know yep. like playing actual poker but that's not really the concern as no. as you were saying cuz this is a 5100 no limit of game course. so of course. much much higher stakes the the timed element doesn't matter at all yeah that stuff is not in play yeah um, anyway, I like it. I hope I hope it becomes a trend because I like the idea of speeding the game up in general, even in cash games. I mean, I think it is going to become a semi trend, much like timed tournaments. You know, timing in tournaments, which is not taken on hugely, but is in some tournaments sometimes. Like I've still never played in one, and yeah. I would like to actually. I'd be super happy to play in one. Me too. But um, right now they're really only at the very highest stakes, I guess. Right. It's the other. It's the other current thing besides Big Blind Annie that's becoming. The thing. The difference is Big Buy Nanny is being adopted at a much quicker rate, like throughout. It's, it's easier to do. Yes, it's simple to do for sure. Like we actually looked into it ourselves, even, and like dealers are like sort of a little. I'm going to say intimidated. A lot of dealers are intimidated by doing a time thing because well, they adds, be in control it adds of another it. element. They have to yeah. press the thing. That we have you have to find like a good stop clock type thing. You know, we've yeah. seen many iterations of these clocks in different tournaments. You know, like. The EPT was using that giant, what looked like a bomb thing yep. in some things. Sometimes it's just like a little kitchen timer that the dealer is resetting. You know, it's hard to know how to do it exactly. I feel like a lot of places use iPads now, too. Yeah. But yeah, they're, 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 someone's going to create a perfect one of these. Yeah. And that'll be, then everyone will start to use it more, is my guess. Right. Someone out there, you want, you need a business? There you go. Yeah, go it's kind that. of like the next, it's not going to be nearly as important, but it's like the innovation of RFID technology for mm-hmm. the cards, you know, so you right. can more easily see cards from different tables for a lot cheaper. Right. Um, all right, well, why don't we get to the hand, huh? Okay. All right, so it is a 5100 game. I get, there's a $200 straddle on. Don't know if it's mandatory or not, but $200 straddle is put on by Gary. Gary. We haven't seen any, but there's a three-way hand here. We've seen Andy before. Andy is one oh, yeah. of the players in the hand. We've seen him being a maniac. I don't remember how he was a maniac, but I just remember that he was a maniac. Yeah, there's a few guys, very notable guys at Live at the Bike who are absolute crazy people. And you just have to have plans against them that are different than everyone else. And there was that guy, I can't remember his name, Rowdy? No, it wasn't Rowdy. Oh. Raleigh? Yeah. Something no, like that. You know what was, I'm talking about. It was about. like an Egyptian name. It was he, like a super cool He's something name. like three bet on the turn with absolutely nothing in a spot which was sort of suicidal, but it worked almost because it was suicidal. Yeah. You know, and it's like uh, part of it is because the guy with trips folded because it went like raise, re-raise. So he folded his trips, no kicker. The other guy decided to raise with top pair when there were trips on the board. I don't know why he was doing that anyway. And then, yeah, this dude three bet with like King high for no reason. And it was like, that is insane. And then everyone in the comments on our video was saying like, this guy does that all the time. And there's yeah. people like that. Andy's one of these people. Andy's one of them. Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. Now, Andy and Garrett probably have more thought behind what they're doing yeah, than the other guys this other guy. Yeah, random. Yeah, but still, like, there's certain guys where you just may have to station more so, and Andy is definitely a candidate for that. Yeah, and this hand actually makes me think that Andy thinks similarly to Garrett. Like, mm-hmm. it might not matter if this is a good idea. It matters that this is so much money that it's going to work. Like, that's how Andy thinks, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so anyway, 50, 100, 200. Andy starts the handoff in the cutoff. He's got $49,700 in front of him. Good. Very deep. Yeah. He opens to 600 with a six of hearts. This is not maniacal. Nope. This is normal. Let's talk about Abe. Yeah, Abe is, in the, is on the button. Abe is on the button. Abe has $11,700 in front of him. It's been opened to 600 Easy shove. It's a cash, <laughs> cash game. <laughs> Abe has jack four of hearts. Yeah. And he, uh, he calls. 
So go ahead. What do you think about that? I'm I'm gonna cede my time to the gentleman from Illinois. I mean, it's just bad. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it's horrible. Um, folds to Gary in the straddle, who has fifty six thousand in front of him. Yeah, and he's got two black kings. That's good. And it's Andy, so. Things can go really well if you take aggressive actions against Andy and meaning, you have a big hand. Meaning Andy might four bet you light. Yeah. Like we would be the question we have to ask ourselves, we don't have to ask ourselves this yet, by the way, but we may have to ask ourselves because it's Andy, are we willing to call off five hundred blinds with kings? Yes. I mean, we should be three betting no even if we're not, because we're so deep it doesn't matter. Like he can four bet us and we can decide to call if we don't want to put in a five bet. If we put in a five bet, we should be willing to go with it. I, I think, think calling is probably better than five betting because you get you give any a chance to blast off. I mean, you're gonna be out of position, which is a little bit too bad, but yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I think I would probably if if it came to it be willing to put in this yeah. much money against Andy with Kings. It's sort of like being up against Garrett Edelstein, yeah. right? It's like, okay, well, I know we both have a thousand blinds. I have Kings. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. I have Kings. I just put in as much money, my whole net worth, I guess I have to put in against you because you are capable of, of not having it. Right. Right. As opposed to almost everyone else in the world. Who's just always going to have it eventually. Yep. Like they're not going to nine bet all in without aces, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Garrett might. Yeah. Andy might too. Yeah. Andy and Garrett are, are those guys. Um, so, Gary with his 56k three bets his kings to 2500. Yeah, I like the sizing over 600. Pretty good. I'd like to see it be slightly bigger because there's a caller as well, and we're going to be out of position. But I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's. I think re- 3000 is probably a little better, but whatevs. Close enough. Yeah. Andy calls with his ace six of hearts. I mean, I think we're deep enough that that's completely reasonable. It's fine. Four betting might be better because we have a blocker. But at the same time, we have a reputation that might make it hard to get a four bet through. And we get to be in position and play a reasonable hand in position when we're super deep. All right. So so let's talk about Abe again. So Abe shoves now. (laughs) So Abe has to call 1900 more. Yeah. He start. He has 11,100 left in his stack at this point. Right. He has Jack four of hearts. Yeah. He scratches his head. (laughs) Yeah. He he looks at his chips. He shuffles them around. He's got a real big poker decision here. Mm. He puts in the call. Yeah. With the Jack Four Hearts. Ask me what I think about that. What do you think about that? I'd like to cede my time to the gentleman from Illinois. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say, right? <laughs> Go on. Say it's what just, you want to say. Like the 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 funny. Th- it, it's harder to explain verbally, and we're not doing a video of this one. This is a Monday podcast. But is if you watch this hand, you get to see Abe trying really hard to look like he's thinking, as if he's studied the other players and mm-hmm. seen how they look when they have a decision. Abe is clearly not thinking. I mean, like, he's just like, I have Jack Four of Hearts. I call the 600. Oh, I got, you got three bet. I call, I'm going to have like a 1.2 to one stack to pot ratio in a cash game. In a three bet with pot. Jack, with Jack Four of Hearts. <laughs> At least he has the button. <laughs> he closes the action. This is all I got. I Obviously, mean, this is horrible. It, I, all it's, of it's awful. What a joy for these guys that Abe is in this game. Yeah. Like, what a wonderful thing. Too bad for them. He doesn't have more money in front of him. Yeah, it is. It's too bad. Maybe he did. He probably did. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's probably been a rough rough run for I Abe. I mean, when you can get a guy like Abe to sit down with probably $20,000 in front of him and play, I mean, it doesn't really matter how good or bad everyone else is at the table. Like, it yeah. can be a really tough game, and it doesn't matter. Abe is giving away that twenty k, right? Yep. So everyone's going to – the table's going to collectively chop up that twenty k, and then people are going to run – you know, the better players are going to do a little better than against the slightly worse players. And But you're going to get a lot of variance then, and that's it. But, yeah. like, everyone – you're going to make good money. You're going to get 1000 bucks an hour or something like that if you play for a few hours. Abe is what brings games together. Exactly. Basically. So Much like marriage. Yes, totally. That's what I was going to say next. So now, because Abe decided to get in there as well, the pot is $7,750. Yeah, which, interestingly enough, these guys started with like 49K effective, right? Something like that. Uh, yeah. So Andy's Andy was almost 50K effective, yeah. Right. So while we are still deep, we are not as deep as we probably should be when we start with five this many blinds. You know what I mean? Like there's already 70-some-odd blinds in the pot. Well, it depends on if you're counting the okay, straddle. straddle the you're right. It's like all 35 blinds. Oh, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right. Then we're, then we're 250 blinds deep, too. Anyway, so kings kings are nice when, when we're able to inflate the pot this much already. Yeah. You know, they play well as you have a smaller stack-to-pot ratio. The, you know what? I think you've never seen a stack-to-pot ratio that you think is big based on historically this podcast. No, that's not true. 
That's not true at all. Like um, thirteen is is a bigger stack to pot ratio where like you don't want to be stacking off with like top pairs stack off really well with like five to five and less generally. Like not um, in a king, this is usually not in a tournament. I'm talking though. about cash. Okay. Um, certainly, this is worse than five. But this isn't horrifically far away when we're starting with 500 blinds, or I guess 250 blinds. Even. Yeah. Like, we've been able to get closer to, to like a number like five or six than, than we would really be able to imagine a lot of the time, because Abe is helping. Um, but like 10 to 13 and more are really play much better um, for like suited connectors and pocket pairs and small pocket pairs, because that now you're talking about like stacking off with one pair there is usually really, really bad. Yeah, well... Um I, I think it's really hard to find a cash game where in a three bet pot stack to pot ratio is going to be thirteen to one. That's 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 true. No, yeah. usually you're, usually usually you shouldn't be calling with suited connectors very often. You know, like baby suited connectors in three bet pots, unless you're sort of forced to. Sometimes you're forced to, but like I'm usually going to like if I open, you know, the hijack with a suited connector and get three bet, I'm often going to fold unless they three bet really small. You know, what if the small blind three bets and the big blind flats? Well, then it matters how deep we actually are, yeah. and then I'm going to figure out stack-to-pot stuff, and I'm going to think about what I know about the small blind and what I know about the big blind. I'm going to think about lots of things, you know? Um, I, may, I may be sort of feel like I'm forced to call sometimes, but it's not a great spot for those hands, and more of the time I'm going to be excited about it. I mean, I can't really hope to make a flush that often. or I'm not going to make a flush or straight often enough for the, the, the implied odds to be there, so it means I'm going to have to like play top pair a little more aggressively and even my draws, as draws, as bluffs a little bit more aggressively than I otherwise might because getting there is not going to do it by itself. And that's an important thing to acknowledge. Okay. So don't, don't ever call three bet with 78 suited. Jonathan, love you. Advice. Clearly, I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this hand, 77.50 in the pot. The flop is 7-9 deuce rainbow, 7 of spades, 9 of hearts, deuce of diamonds. Nobody flops anything except Gary. Has, that's a very comfortable flop for kings. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. This is good stuff. Here's the first interesting decision that's not just purely bad, such as the Abe decisions. Mm-hmm. Gary checks. So he's first to act, yep. having three bet yeah. with two kings. Yeah. He checks. Yep. Couple that's things going on here. Andy's there. Yep. That's probably a big part of it. He's aware of Andy and what Andy's capable of. Mm-hmm. He's trying to rep like ace, king, ace, queen, basically. Sure. Saying, take a shot. I'm going to have to fold this a lot. Uh, it might also be a board-based thing, although this board isn't so crazy weighted towards the callers versus him. I mean, it's bad for his range. I mean, he has way more over pairs than his opponents do. Uh, he does. Yeah. And uh, he, has, he doesn't have very many sets compared to them. They have more sets. He has probably nines in his range here. It was a late position open. He probably has nines. They definitely have nines. Yeah. They, they have sevens. He probably doesn't. They have nine seven suited. He probably doesn't. Right. I mean, they, whatever. But I mean, I most, they have deuces. He, he doesn't. Right. Yeah. So I, I would say board wise, it's, it's better for their range, but you're right. He has definitely has, um, big over pairs that they mostly don't have. He has more high value hands than they have. They have more of the highest value hands than he has. Yep. Uh, but he decides to check. I don't know if that's necessarily board thing. I don't, th- I, I don't think it could really be just that because if we had ace king here, we don't, we're three-handed on that board. That's a pretty dry board that we're usually going to continue on, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's about the board as much as it's about... Andy's a maniac, right? Like, yeah. Go do your thing, brah. I guess so. Well, Gary, uh, he knows his Andy. Yeah. Because when he checks Andy, he's going to go ahead and bet his ace six of hearts. He has two backdoors, seven, nine deuce with one heart. Mm-hmm. Um, not good backdoors. I mean, the, the not flush backdoor is good, but the six for the straight draw is not a good backdoor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he bets thirty two fifty. Abe, you know, takes a while. Really shuffles his chips around. <laughs> looks I mean, at his if cards. he shoves right here, no one can call. <laughs> what's, what's Gary even going to do now? Yeah, right. Of course. And then Abe finally folds after getting some time yeah. in doing whatever he's doing. I don't know. Looking weird. Uh, Gary calls. I think once you check, that's kind of got to be the play here against Andy, right? Like. I mean, raising seems bad. We have very little to protect against, right? There's, there's four aces that we're not going to want to see, although in theory there's really only three, right? If there's yeah. four, then we're fine. But, yeah. but whatever. There's aces we don't... That's the only card we really don't want to see. If the nine pairs, we're not in love with it. We don't want to see... Everything else is kind of fine. Ten, eight could be an issue. We don't want to see the seven pair, the yeah. nine pair, or a straightening card. Basically. Right, so like a jack or a six we're not in love with. But I don't think that's... A, a jack or a six is not enough to fold us out of this hand no. either, 
right? The nine pairing is not great and ace is not great. That's it. And honestly, a nine pairing, it's Andy. I don't think we should just fold automatically if, if he, you know, if he keeps betting in the nine pairs. I mean, we don't love tens, aces harder. tens, eights, or fives either. Those are all complete straights. Mm-hmm. But, but those are more, I mean, eights is a gutter, right? Yeah, but I bet Andy would bet Jack 10, right? Yeah, He'd probably okay. bet five six also. Yeah, no, you're right. I guess he would. So there's lots of cards we don't want to see, but there's but but most of those cards we're going to call another bet with anyway, right? Yeah, like everything but an ace. An ace is the one card, and it, ironically, I don't know if it's ironic. Coincidentally, I should say, and he does have an ace, but that just happens to be an ace is going to be a much harder check call on the turn. Yeah, maybe we check call anyway because it's Andy. Right, but everything else, it's like, well, he may have gotten there, but most of his hands still don't have me. Right. Yeah. Well, Gary decides to call, and I think this the whole the whole plan once we got to the flop was let's let Andy just put the the chips in. With, yeah. Because like his his bluffing range is so expansive. Yeah. Exactly. It's got to be that, right? I mean, it doesn't have to, be, but it seems likely. It does seem likely. Um, so the pot, I did not write down the pot, but we just got sixty five hundred in there, and it was seventy seven fifty before. So, so it's, it's like fourteen five basically. Fourteen two. Yeah. yeah fourteen three. Um, Yeah, just over 14K in the pot. The turn is the four of diamonds. Hey, what is that? Speaking of turn, coming around the mountain, is that the nitrogen sports poker train? I think they did buy a train recently. If you listen, you can hear its very familiar jingle and (laughs) choo-choo. Wait, there's the jingle. Nitro, nitro, nitro. Nitro, nitro, nitro. <laughs> wow, that's the weirdest ad ever all of a sudden. Anyway, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is, uh, you know, they let us do ads like this. They perhaps do. because they don't listen to them. Free reign, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I tell my waiter or waitress at a restaurant, because I can't decide. I'm like, surprise me, you know? They're like, what do you want on this side? I'm like, just surprise me. He does. Is, he's not lying. Yeah. He does it as if he's a character in a rom-com. <laughs> That's I'm like. I'm like the Paul Rudd friend in a rom-com, yeah. right? The Paul um, Rudd friend who's like kind, kind of schlubby. Yeah, but, but adorable and always finds love. <laughs> no, the friend doesn't always find love. The, the friend, friend always finds love. No, the Paul Rudd friend in the rom-com is like already married and kind uh, of bored of their marriage. Yeah, but okay. Paul Rudd's looking for love and he's very encouraging of Paul Rudd and you know he what? plays pick up basketball with him every Wednesday. You're basically combining that the the movie where Paul Rudd is is it I love you man? No, no, no. You're basically combining Oh, I got this. I'm 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 going to do this. Okay. <laughs> what who's the guy who stars in the movie or uh, the TV show Barry? The guy from Saturday Night Live. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. You're combining Bill Hader's character from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where he's the married guy who's encouraging, with Bill Hader's character from the um, Amy Schumer movie with LeBron James, where he plays pickup basketball with LeBron James. That's what you did. Maybe it is. And also Nitrogen Sports. Yeah, Nitrogen Sports. <laughs> <laughs> so if you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker, you get benefits such as We Like You Better. Um, that's it goes a long way. That's benefit one A. Benefit one B is that you get access to our exclusive Poker Guys events, which nitro, currently nitro, we nitro. have a monthly tournament with a one thousand buy-in guarantee, and we've only ever gotten about eighty players, something like that. So it's a pretty sweet deal. Yep. Nitrogen has a lot of great stuff you can do. They got sports betting. It's NFL season. Yeah, it is. Throw that pigskin around virtually with your Bitcoin. <laughs> you <laughs> nice. know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, and they are a Bitcoin-only poker site, which means they give you your money quickly when you ask for it, and more so than other places that even use Bitcoin. Mm. Another f- uh, feature, new feature of Nitrogen is that while you sports better play poker or whatever, you can swear, like, out loud. Yeah, yeah. It's you can fine. do whatever you want. They'll let you do that. You can be like, fuck. Yeah, you can say fuck, and it's okay. Yeah. Nitrogen sports poker. You choo, can say choo. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Use the link in the description, please, of the podcast. We got to keep making these ads. Yeah, because without the ads, what 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 would we be? Uh, I'm I'm scared to even begin to imagine what you know I we, would look like. You, you know, what we would be without these ads. Don't say it. Professional poker players. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Been We've there, done, done that. that. Don't want to do we, that anymore. Live that life. Yeah, semi pro. That's the way to go. Yeah, feels good. All right. Anyway. Yeah. So we've got just over 14K in the pot. Turn is the four of diamonds. It's now seven of spades, nine of hearts, deuce of diamonds, four of diamonds. This card very rarely changes anything. 
Yeah. It was very hard for this to change anything. Either player, I guess, could have pocket fours, but it's not a huge part of the range, especially of Gary's range because he did three bet. It's more in Andy's range. Andy might have all the combos of fours here. He might have some of them, but fours are reasonable for him to have, for sure. Abe's over there kicking himself, folding the jack four. Yeah, that's right. He zooms ahead of... He zooms in the second place. Second place is better than third, man. He could shove right now, and no one can do anything. Second place in the World Series of Poker is a lot of money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Depending on the year. Usually quite a bit of money. 1973, a lot of money. It's an amount of money I would take. Well, any amount of money is an amount of money you would take. If there was $4, would you take it? Depends on what, like from like a child? Yeah, from a, from a starving baby. <laughs> <laughs> the baby doesn't know how to use currency? No, the baby absolutely is. I'm it's, doing it's it a disservice <laughs> to not take the money. It's in from... the future where babies understand money. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not a future I want to be a part of. Well, you better kill yourself, buddy, because it's coming soon. How soon? How long do I what have? What year is it? Right now? <laughs> do you not know? <laughs> it's like the Terminator movies. What year is it? You know how they always do that in time travel movies? Yeah. It's a little bit of a tired trope at this it's, point. It's becoming a bit of a trope. Yeah. When is it? What, what's the date? That's what they say. What's the date? And someone's like, July 12th. The year. And they look at the guy like he's crazy. Yeah. Every freaking time travel movie. You know what a trope I've re- noticed recently? I don't even hmm. remember what I noticed it in recently. We talk about tropes a lot on this yeah, show. Yeah, it's great. Whatever. Uh, I never thought of it as a trope until I saw it once more, and I was like, oh, that's a pattern, is two main characters who are either living in the same house or staying in the same house for a brief period of time are in their robes. Like, one of them's in their robe at night in the kitchen, like, getting a sandwich or something. The other one comes down in their robe, and they're like, you couldn't sleep either? That happens when all... When does that happen? It happens all the time. Really? Usually in, like, political stuff, I, th- I feel. Huh. All right. Okay, I maybe. I, I Be on can't. the lookout. Trope alert 2018. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right, maybe back to the hand. You now. couldn't sleep either? <laughs> <laughs> the year! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> four of diamonds on the turn. Very rarely changes anything. Yeah. Gary continues the plan. He checks again. Andy continues the, the plan. The Andy. He bets 10K, which is a big bet. How much is in the pot? About 14. Yeah. That's a reasonable bet. In ter- well, it's reasonable in terms of... Um, bet to st- bet to pot ratio, but not necessarily in terms of stack to, to pot ratio and stack to yeah. bet ratio, right? Where he could size it down has the same impact in theory, but he's trying to win this pot. All right. So what is, so once Andy sees that Gary check calls on the flop, what, what types of hands is he putting Gary on that he thinks he can now get to fold on the turn? Okay. The flop was nine, seven, deuce, nine, seven, deuce. I would think the first hand we have ACE six, right? Yeah. First hand I would be putting Gary, I'm based on everything is pocket eights. Yep, that's what I was thinking we too. We block pocket sixes. Eights is the next best. Eights is a hand he really might check, call with. Ace king, I don't know that he's really going to do that very often. Against Andy, you might have to if you check call. But the problem is if we're not going to keep check calling, we're just going to be check yeah. calling to try and draw to six outs out yeah. of position. Not great. Not great. So I don't. Know if, I think it's better to continue with ace king and stuff like that and hope he folds rather than do it this way. Um, so pocket eights, yeah, is is. My number one, my number one guy. Okay, but that's is, you're just putting him on one hand and hoping it works out. Well, no. In terms of if we're Andy, like I wouldn't be putting him on over pairs, not too frequently. I, there's a chance he has a set of nines, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think more of the time he's got eights. There's more combos of it anyway. Um, and also like he might continue with, with the set of nines a lot. You know, um, eights is he's very very likely to check. He could have, I guess he could have two fives, but I don't know if he's three betting that very often. Yeah, it seems It's unlikely. hard to put him on that many other hands, honestly. Like, what else are you putting him on? That we can so, get him to fold, you mean? Or just in general? Just, just as a, tar- like, what? There, there's two questions, right? What hands does he have and what hands are we targeting? Well, I think we have to start worrying about overpairs being a yeah. significant part of his range if we can only think of one type I agree. of hand. I, I mean, just to say his pocket eights only, I mean, it's not that I've never done that. There's times when I'm up against and I'm like, well, they just have this hand. Right, And I'm often right, you yeah. know, because, like, the way the hand plays out is pretty it's obvious. It's usually a, quite a bit more defined than we are at this Absolutely. point in the hand. Well, here's the thing. If we're Andy and we bet 10,000 right now and we get a call, it's possible we're still up against eights, but yeah. it's not at... Like, now we have to really open up to jacks as part of this range, right? Maybe all over pairs. Tens is part of this range. Maybe everything is part of this range, yeah. Maybe all over pairs are part of this range, yeah. you know? We have to really start considering that. But right now, it could, it could very, very reasonably... Could be ace-king, a big ace once in a while, and pocket eights are... And small pocket pairs, basically. Maybe he was um, bluffing with a seven pre-flop. I don't know why he did that to Andy, but maybe. 
and now he flopped enough of a enough of a piece of the board that he's check in check call mode already. Maybe it's sort of, it's similar to pocket eights, right? It's one pip down. Yeah, but it has more ways to improve. Yep, we block a seven, but still, there's a bunch of them. Okay, so question from Gary's perspective. Gary clearly against Andy cannot fold at this point, right? But are we beating value still? That's my next question. I think we are beating a little bit of value still. Such as? We might, we might be beating Ace-9. Like, Ace-9 may, be, may bet Ace again. Ace-9 suited. Yeah. I think Andy's probably capable enough that he's either four-betting or folding Ace-9 off pre-flop. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but Ace-9 suited, um, maybe two tens, maybe two jacks. I don't really believe that Andy has those hands having that four-bet. You don't... You think he's always four betting those I hands? I think the majority of the time, if you're Andy, you need value out of those hands. When you're this, this, this deep, I don't know. I, I mean, this situation is set up so perfectly for a three bet with like a bit of a wider range out of Gary and Andy with his reputation. I would think if, and it clearly it seems like mm-hmm. Gary is playing against Andy's reputation. So he's aware of Andy's reputation. I, I don't think 100% of the time, but I'm not going to put a lot of stock in thinking that Andy has jacks or tens here because... I know it's not common to four bet those when you're super deep, but yeah. Andy, if he's going to play this way, he's going to need to get value out of those hands in ways that other players don't. And I think he's probably going to be four betting them pretty frequently. I would just be concerned as Andy that when I four bet those hands, the hands that continue against my four bet range, if those are part of the range, is just going to be not hands I want to be in there. Well, that's part of the reputation thing is it's not the, the case for Andy the same way it is for everybody else. Yeah, I hear you. But if he makes it, the guy made it 2,500, right? Gary did. If Andy makes it... 7,000 or 7,400, and we have ace-queen. Are we calling out of position? I don't know. I 100% agree with you that it's not a thing that I would do very frequently. I I understand. I'm I'm wondering, even in terms of Andy's specific spot, how good a play this is as a regular play. You know, where you, I'm not saying you should never four-bet those hands, but I'm wondering if you should... I think even Andy probably shouldn't be doing it that often. I guess it depends on how tight we think Gary is, really, too, right? Yeah. Which we don't know. We don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean... I think we have to include at least some overpairs in his range, but not that many. Maybe How's that? Maybe three to five combos or something. Total? Yeah. I would be inclined to, incl- to include more, but I'm really just making it up. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't believe he really has any aces here um, because... He knows Abe is going to... Maybe he doesn't worry about Abe because Abe is so short compared to them. But Abe still has $11,000. It's not like he's got nothing there. So he may, I believe he's often going to be four-betting aces specifically. So I'm not too worried about aces when we have kings. So, and the, the other That's, repairs... Uh, keep in mind, the question was, do we beat any value? Right. No, I understand. But okay. I'm saying, so I can throw that out anyway. So now I'm just coming. So the other overpairs, we, we beat all those. Yeah. And I think, I think there are some combos in there. I would lean towards there being at least six combos and maybe as many as nine to 12. Okay. That seems like a lot for Andy, but I, I, like, I feel like he's probably four-betting queens the majority of the time. I agree. The majority of the time. And Jack's a decent amount of the time. Tens is the one that feels pretty solid. Okay, so if we get, if let's say for a second, I'm just making this up. Flats tens the whole time, three bets jacks half the time, flats queens one out of the six times. We're at ten combos. Okay, but let's go back to Andy's perspective for yeah. a second. Say he has tens. Okay, is he expecting eights to call for ten k on the turn? Great question. Maybe he does with his reputation. He thinks he can get a call from eights sometimes. Maybe because if he's not, that's a really bad bet with tens. Agreed. Because we're not Agreed. expecting just random king queen to to be there for us to protect against. I mean, we could he could have still have ace king, you know. Like, yeah, we think it's possible he's going to call once with ace king, and then we we fire again to protect her. Wouldn't equity. we bet smaller with tens? Yeah, I mean we we bet yes. smaller against ace king. Yes, we get the same result against ace king. We can maybe get called by eights more often yeah. if we bet smaller. I agree. I think seven thousand is way better. We're yeah. still going to fold that ace king, and we're going to call by eights a lot more. That's a great point. Yeah, so I, I don't know if tens really would play that this way. So now we're talking. So what's betting ten thousand for value? Sets that are praying we have an overpair, a big overpair. Seems like there's yeah, a, and are trying to set up a shove on the river, or maybe seven nine suited. Seven nine suited. Okay, that makes more sense to me because there's at least more to protect against with seven nine suited, right? Yeah, because you got you can get counterfeited with seven nine suited. Yeah, so there's only two combos of seven nine suited though. Yeah, so I don't know. 
it's I don't I don't like the sizing on this except that it's setting up a river shove. Right. So what I'm what I'm saying is I don't think we beat any value already as Gary. Yeah, I I I think I still think Andy because of his rep maybe can show up with some with some thinner stuff here. Right. Because People are going to call him more. Like he maybe he thinks like Gary just has to call me with eight sometimes. He just has to. Maybe he has to call me with if he somehow is a nine and is he's just going to have to call me when I have two tens. Just has to. Which makes this a really bad bluff if that's the case. Yes, yes, it does. It makes it a bad bluff. So I don't really, yeah, I don't really love where we're going here with Ant from Andy's point of view with this bet, unless he's putting the guy squarely on Ace King and he's just trying. Here's the two things. One, he's just trying to say, you can't even consider calling me with, with most of your hands now that I bet 10000 on the turn, so just throw them all away. Yeah. Number one. Number two, clearly, buddy, I'm setting up a river shove, so get out now. Yeah. You know, and that, the, the, the two good things that, in theory, could come from this bluff. But. Both of those things are saying I'm bluffing, though, by the way. Yep. <laughs> I agree. It's either that or I have a set of nines and I'm just somehow hoping you're playing queens and kings like this. Yeah. Or aces like this. That's it. Well, I don't know. So from Gary's perspective, even even if we can assume, and I know we can't, but even if we can assume that we're not beating any value, I think we still have to call because it's Andy because his yeah. bluffs are everything. His bluffs are just every hand that he has. Also, there isn't that much value we're losing to. Like, we can't beat much value, but what value are we losing to? Combo-wise, there's almost nothing. Right, that's why... So it's harder to have value than it is bluffs for Andy specifically because exactly. he has just so many damn combos of bluffs. And we've gone out of our way to give his entire range a chance to continue to bluff, right? It's not like we bet the flop and he yep. flatted with Abe behind him and now he's defining his hand. He could have any two cards here. I mean, any two cards that call the three bet and opened. But still, from that range, his entire range is still alive when he bets the turn, right? Yeah. So there's so many more misses than hands that are beating us, no matter what. Even if we eliminate all the value that we're beating that can't bet here, still, there's just so there's just going to be way too many bluffs, especially this guy, who we know can bluff. Right. And obviously, when we checked the flop, this was the plan, right? Yes. This was just the plan. Exactly. So this feels like an absolute slam dunk, always calling spot. Yep, never raising, never folding. Yes. So that's what Gary does. Yep. Good job, Gary. If the board got super wet on the turn, we could decide, I guess, sometimes to raise, but the board didn't get super wet. I really like a flat. I don't know. I think if the board gets super wet on the turn, it often is in a way that it could have improved Andy, and there's no value in raising. Yeah, I'd be worried about getting blown off the hand on the river. That's all. Or um, letting or, him get there and whatever. Or, we or can... putting ourselves in a game third disaster spot with our Yeah, race. No, no, absolutely we are. But the pot is... We have a one-to-one stack to pot. We may feel like it's worth just winning the 30000 that's in the pot, even though we're not going to get called by worse hands. Like, there's still value in winning that pot. Not if he has no equity bluffs. Like, if he has a lot of no equity bluffs, that's a, that's a bad idea. I think. That's true. You're right. If he's only going to continue on the turn as he picks up equity, that's really different than if he's got a lot. If he has no equity bluffs, we should only be calling for sure. But then we have to call, like, almost all rivers. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Even if the board gets scary. Now, we're not worried about it because the board hasn't gotten No, the scary. board has been pretty kind to us right. here. I'm just sort of doing this baby thought experiment. Like, top side is still the nuts that on the turn. That's rare. That means yeah. it's a pretty dry board. When it's a nine-high board, especially, yeah. yeah. All right, so Gary calls. The pot is 34,250. Mm-hmm. The river is the deuce of hearts. Yep. Pairs the deuce. Yeah. So now a seven-nine deuce flop, four on the turn, no flush comes in, deuce on the river. This is great if Andy had 7-9 suited, if we're Gary, because mm-hmm. now we're beating that hand. Yep. Gary checks. Not, not great if Andy had ace-deuce suited. Is there any <laughs> argument for just donking, moving in yourself as Gary? I'm struggling to come up with one. Okay. What are we hoping to get called by if we thought all his bets on the turn were either value that was beating us or bluffs? 9-7 suited. That was part of the value that was beating us. Well, how's it going to call the river if we shove 30,000 if we check it's call 10,000 on the turn? Just, yeah, it's not a good yeah. idea. Okay. It might be a good idea against players who aren't Andy some of the time. Like players who you do expect would show up with jacks a lot here. Mm. Right. Right. Who might really just check back now. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, that is a good idea. I agree. But Andy, it's hard for him to have jacks. Yeah. It's possible, but it's hard. And, you know, like if it checks it through, it's not that bad. We win $30,000. <laughs> True. I mean, obviously we want to win more, but that's okay too, right? We know we win. If he checks, we know we win. That's okay. 
Yeah, but I mean, no limit hold'em. Really, no. you make your living on the river. No question. No question. All right. So Gary checks. But this is the guy with the infinite range, so we just have to check. Gary checks, and was there any chance that there Andy was. wasn't going to move in? There was a chance. It didn't happen. <laughs> Maybe he gives up on paint cards like King Queen Jack. I mean, if he hits an ace, he's going to check it back for sure. Yeah. He's going to win and check it back. It's not a give up. It's like I win yeah. mostly. If he hits a six, I think he's probably just going to treat that like a brick. Yes. And keep going. Paint is at least a, I don't know, a king. Maybe he can, maybe he shoves on a king also because he can get queens and jacks and tens to strongly consider folding now. I mean, the king is never part of Andy's range. It's 100% part of Andy's range. It's not I a guess, part of. I guess he could have like king ten or something. He could have all the kings. Yeah. 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 Right. So. But you thought he was going to check back an ace. On the river. Yes. Right. No, no, no. But if a king comes, oh, I see what you're saying. I do think he's going to check back. That's a great point. Um, so it doesn't make sense. But still, it would feel, it's, it's still harder to call if you have jacks and a king comes and the guy shoves $33,000 yeah. at you. For Even, Gary, it would be great if a king came. Yeah, he'd be super thrilled. Yeah. I hope he, his plan would be to check the river if a king came. I really hope so, against too. Against Andy. I think it would based on what's happened so far. It seems like his plan the whole time was, hey, I have a really good hand. Let's inflate the pot and let Andy donk it all off to me. Fantastic. So far, so good. So far, so good. We got 34K in the pot, and Andy just moved in for another 34K. Fantastic. We're getting two to one. We've got a great hand. There's one problem. Kind of looks like he's trying to get called by a hand like we have. Like, it, it, like we could level ourselves into, like, I mean, he knows we're stationing him, right? Like, we call 10,000 on the turn with almost certainly an overpair. Like, he knows what we have. He's still moving in. That's the only problem. I guess we could kind of get paranoid and think that way, but yeah. this was the plan, right? Yes. This is actually a good river card. Yeah, it's a great river card. It I removes mean. more than just the two combos of 9-7 of hearts. It removes another three combos of, or sorry, another two combos of deuces that were beating us. I mean, there's a tiny chance that Andy had ace two suited, which there'd be two combos of, right? And bet the flop. Okay. And then when we called, now he turns it into a bluff and is just bluffing the turn. And now it gets there on the river. I guess possible. So. But there's only two combos of that anyway. It's still, we still pick up a combo in terms of where we want to be. Yeah. When this deuce comes in. So it's, it's fine. I mean, we it's have to call here against Andy. This was the plan. Yeah. And I will say this too. So, I really, playing in the, the World Series this, this summer, I really had a chance because th- they're long days, you know? And especially in the main where, like, you're just at the same table for, like, the whole day. I was at the same, day two, sure. I was at the same table the whole day and played with, like, something like six guys for the entire 12 hours. I mean, that happens actually in a lot of different World Series tournaments, not just the main. Oh, that's fair. But I guess, as, but the thing is, in, like, the 1500s, for example, maybe, maybe not the marathon. Like, the 1500s, like, tables break or, like, people bust as the day goes on much faster. It really depends on which room you get put in. And yeah. It depends on the year. If you got put in the Amazon this year, your table wasn't breaking on day one. Okay. Basically. Fair enough. Anyway, this is what I was going to say about it. So, I was really struck by this, which was that people who were bluffers, first of all, love being bluffers, don't care that people know it, and still are bluffers. They yep. rarely think to themselves, everyone knows I'm a bluffer. I better stop bluffing. Like, they'll show their ridiculous bluff. And then, you know, later on, not like an hour later, try and run another insane bluff where a story doesn't really make sense. And actually, they have a bluff, you know? And I've, I saw that happen multiple times. And Well, we're giving Andy a little more credit than that, aren't we? We are giving him a little bit more credit, but I guess what I'm saying is the maniac's gonna maniac to some degree. And we sure. see this with Garrett, too. It's like... They often pull the trigger almost yep. no matter what. And maybe it comes back to what we're saying, what you were saying at the beginning of this, which is, you know, it's just too much money for you to call. Yep, that's the Garrett way. And that's what I'm thinking, like, Andy is right. He's actually right. Because mm-hmm. Gary, after tanking and using a bunch of those chips, those, those time bank chips, he folds two kings. Yeah. Which has to be the wrong decision in this spot. You can't play this hand this way and fold to this guy. I think you can fold easily to Johnny Chan. Who we talked about oh last Monday. Oh my god, yes. Last Monday we talked about that. But what if it's Jake Schindler? Oh, it's a it's a call. Okay. Because that, that's what um Produce basically did, right? With aces. Yeah, but that was a tournament spot with more ICM implications. That's true. That's this true. is a direct equity spot. Jake Schindler is gonna be hyper balanced. Yep. Against a hyper balanced player, Kings is a clear call. I agree. With the way this ran. I out. mean, you you just think of it from a point of view of distribution. How many better hands do I ever play this way? 
maybe one. Yeah. Maybe two. Maybe top set and aces. Maybe. Like, this is such a straightforward call against pretty much everybody in the world. So, Even though there's, there's the old guy who always has it. Fine. Right. You could decide to fold. Interestingly enough, against Jake Schindler, who's going to have a far more balanced approach than Andy, we just came up with, it's a clear call. Yeah. Andy is so weighted towards bluffs. Yeah. And Gary still finds a fold. This is the Garrett Adelstein philosophy. This is the, it's too much money, you're going to fold. It yeah. doesn't matter what the story is. That's, that's what Andy's doing. Yeah. I mean, Gary goes through. So they have these one-minute extension chips or whatever, uh, plaques, and he has five of them. And he goes through all five of them as he's trying to decide what to do on the river. And he fold, he's devastated once he folds. Too. He folds and just puts his head in his hands like he knows he did the wrong thing, but he like... Just like, couldn't do it. Here's the thing. If you can't make that call because it's the money... Now, I don't know exactly why he really folded, but it seemed like the money was a big part of it based on his reaction to folding. Like, cause if you, if I, when I make a big fold and I think it's right, I don't feel devastated. I feel fine. You know, I feel like, yeah, yeah, that was the right fold. Like, that's it. I'm, I'm ready to move on. Like, I'm not tilting. Yeah. I'm not... He looks deeply upset about it. Like, he shouldn't be buying in for this. He shouldn't have this much money in front I of I have a theory. Now, this theory could be completely wrong, and it could be easily disproven, because all it takes is watching the Live at the Bike episode. I'm sure I know what your theory is in this one. Right? Okay. He, got it, he doubled up, right? Basically more than that. My, my theory is he bought in for something like 10 or 15K. Yeah. His session has gone very well. Yeah. Andy, so this theory is not only for Gary's decisions, but uh, also for Andy's decisions. Andy, like, <laughs> bought his way up to 50K. No, not necessarily oh, that. Yeah. Just that Andy probably had that much mm. anyway, because Andy likes to play super deep. Yeah. So he's seen that this guy has done this, and the, all of the way he's gotten his chips is through coolers and stuff. Yeah. Probably doesn't want to play for this much money. Right. And Andy's like, it doesn't matter. It's going to work against this guy so frequently. Right. This guy's not willing to put in this much money. Right. And we saw that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And this goes back to our conversation from like two months ago about going south, right? And where I yeah. think you should be allowed to do it, like legally, not like you should like sneak it out. But I think like a guy who buys in for 12000 shouldn't be forced to play for 50000 You know, if he's not comfortable doing it, doesn't want to. And he shouldn't be forced to leave the game. I think there should be a way to, there should be something in place, yeah. a mechanism in place to handle that. We're back to the going south thing, huh? Yeah, because... I, I think I have a new thought on that. Oh, good. My new thought is... Something that you've been glossing over in your argument consistently, which I disagree with. Okay. Um, why is it so bad that he has to leave the game if he doesn't want to play for that much money? Oh, okay. Um, that's a fair question. I mean, it's not... Bad is the wrong word. I just... I mean, I think that, like, he wanted to come out and play poker for... and like have a certain amount of money at risk, and now there's a lot more money at risk, and he doesn't want to do that. Why can't he, like, like an hour ago, he was allowed to only be risking $12,000, but now he can't stay at this table or play even in this casino. You can, go, and you can risk, play in this casino. I don't think you can just move to another table if you, if you like, cash out, can you? you can, I, I guess you can change stakes. Yeah. But you can't. But, like, if you move to another table, you have to take your stack with you. You can't, you can't cash down. Are you sure? I'm, like, 95% yeah. sure. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, I, th I, I just think it's fine if you don't want to, if you, you've had a great day, leave the table if you don't want to play for it. Okay. But what if you get there and it's a half hour and, and you like quadruple up and Sweet, you're like, it's an awesome half hour. Right. But you're, you want to play, like, why shouldn't you be allowed to play? This is, this is, you just, are allowed to play. No, but, right. But you don't want to play for $50,000 like that. That's more money than you're comfortable playing with. Like when you buy into that game, you have to be aware that that's a possibility. Right. Or you could change the rules so that it isn't like that. And this guy's protected. And this, by the way, this keeps that kind of player around, which most people should want anyway. Like, doesn't Andy want to keep these kinds of players around? I think he probably does. Probably. The guys who are like a money scared. But Andy to doesn't some want him to be able to go south. That's for sure. I mean, not because he wants to be able to do this. Play, yeah, sure. But like, if that was in play, I think Andy would rather have, if it was between the guy leaving and the guy cashing down to 12,000, my guess is, depending on who was on the you know, alternate list, Andy would probably say, let the guy cash down. Like, oh my God, I don't want to lose this guy. Like, look how tight and careful he is, you know, if that's true about Gary. I don't even know if this is true about Gary. All right, I have, a, I have a different idea. Okay. I have a compromise for all of this, and it's something that's actually already in play in Portland. Great. Oh, I, yeah. This there, is something we talked about, yeah. you and I. So maybe not once an hour, but once every two hours, there's a time when you can go down to whatever buy-in you want. You can, yeah. You can go south every two hours. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, Okay, this is the time when if you want to go south, you go south. Yeah. So it's like all happens at the same time. There's no big confusion. You have to keep asking about, you know, how much do you have now? And isn't every hand or yeah. anything like that? I think that's a pretty good solution, actually. Because yeah. even if you, um, if you go up to like 50K 
and you're like, geez, I have another hour before I can cash down. That sucks. Go to dinner and let them like blind you out or something like that, you know, or let them do it. Like if you want, if that's really important to you, but you want to keep playing, like, like whatever, that's your own problem then. But like that at least gives people some level of chance. I would even be like pro doing it per hour, but two hours is fine. Yeah, two hours. Consider it like uh, tournament levels, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. Just right. like for this level, this is how much money you've bought in for. Nobody can remove money from the table unless you leave the game. Right. Um, and but then after two, so you can play super tight if you triple right. up. Right. But yeah. it doesn't have to be like for the whole night you have to play that yeah. way, right? You have to. But yeah, you can be super careful if you want. And then everyone will know that. And that's fine. But they can't do it for the next eight hours. Hey, there's a so compromise. You. I like that. And I like two hours better than one hour. Just give like a little bit more chance to get the money back if some sort of cooler happens. But also let the person just play super tight. Mm hmm. If they want to. I mean, that's, that's more reasonable than the way it is now, anyway. And I, I mean, I like that rule in Portland. Not that I do that rule, when I, I mean, because I have an edge if everyone's deeper, you know? Sure. But, um, but I still think it's... I, I really like that, because I do feel it's not... You know, I've already... We've talked about yeah. this a million times. I don't have to keep talking about it. This is something that other people on Twitter have also suggested to us once they heard our first podcast mm-hmm. about this. And yeah, I like it as a rule. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a good compromise. Yeah. We've done it. All right, poker guys solve another worldwide crisis. Congratulations. Next up, famine. Yeah, too bad for Gary. He didn't go south. Right. I mean, <laughs> if Gary has 25K in front of him, he wins this pot, right? Well, Andy doesn't do it. Maybe Andy doesn't do it. I mean, Andy puts in some money, but doesn't put in all the money, right? See, that's the thing. That's another thing that in practice kind of sucks. Like, Andy doesn't do it if, he, if Gary goes south. You know, it removes these pots. I mean, it doesn't. In, this, the intrigue from the game. Andy does, Andy does something probably. He just doesn't get to do this, right? I mean, he bets if it's 2,500 and Gary's got 15K in front of him to start with, I guess Andy just folds anyway, right? A6 suited. Um, If Gary has 20K in front of him though, Andy, let's say Andy calls, he gets 3,200 on the flop still. Maybe bets 7,000 on the turn and he shoves the river. Maybe, I mean, maybe he gives up at some point too. You're right. I mean, he really might be giving up and that's, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't want to break down about it. What? We're not doing a breakdown about it if that happens. No, that's okay. We need content. There's a lot of content. No going south. So much content. By the way, no, no one's going south anyway. I'm just a proponent of it. I'm trying to protect the the players, man. I care about the players. You care about corporations. That's the difference between us. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah. You got it. Big McDonald's guy over there. I mean, how, who's going to protect them if I don't? <laughs> corporations are people, man. Yeah, my friend. <laughs> Um, all right. I think we did that. Yeah. We're done. And all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.